feeling blue what do you do we got stories to see you through that time of the month that time of the month need a fix come get your kicks we got tales by kooky chicks that time of the month that time of the today is growing pains and something that I think we all kind of come into when we come into adulthood is having to see members of our family as whole people that stand apart from our relationship with them and our impressions of them and our memories of them and we have to I mean you don't have to you can only just go with the memory but at some point I think it's helpful to consider the people that you didn't get to know as well as the people that they were when you weren't around and um I wrote this story uh, about my grandmother in, uh, I guess, December or January, and um, I'll do a little follow-up on what's happened since then, but this is just about ways that I wish that I knew my grandmother more. It's called Questioning My Grandmother's Choices. After a few uncomfortable experiences, I've decided that my the story about my grandmother and the piglet is not one I should tell at cocktail parties. <laughs> it's interesting how just a few words can cut a hole in the party atmosphere, and within seconds, all frivolity has escaped right out of the room. <laughs> I learned the other day that my grandmother breastfed a piglet for a while. <laughs> to good party stories. And after a great deal of dedicated imagining, I'm still not sure there is a right moment for this particular anecdote. When I drop this zinger into conversation, what follows is a false start of low laughter and a communal, wide-eyed sip of wine, much like what you kind people just did. Then their waiting grins fade. They see the punchline isn't coming. She told me he was named Ike, like the president. <laughs> People shift uneasily, and their eyes dart longingly to other, more relaxed guests chatting and laughing in other parts of the room. I'd press on. Apparently, they had sold the mother for butcher, and it seems there had been a piglet left behind. A runt, Granny told me. I'm still surprised at how nonchalantly she mentioned this when I last visited her. She lumped Ike into a list of other various pets and farm animals that they'd had and kept when the kids were young. She mentioned it almost as an afterthought. We always had dogs and a horse once, and oh yeah, the pig I nursed that one time. Just like that. Crazy, huh? My listeners raised their eyebrows and nod with forced smiles. Yes. Yes, this is crazy. <laughs> She said my grandfather told her that he would not have it sleep in their bed with them. That is where he drew the line. <laughs> Here I really overdo my grandmother's East Texas twang. But every morning, it would come running down the hall to get her up. 
people force a chuckle here. Their brows crease and their gazes shift as they process all of this. But if she could breastfeed it, then that means I could see the gears turning and I jump in to connect the dots for them. Yeah, my uncle was still an infant. She was simultaneously breastfeeding them both. <laughs> At this point, I've lost all hopes of pulling this story out for a win. Successful party chatter is either interesting while unobtrusive, like the state of world politics, or it gets a good laugh. This little story of mine, however, falls far outside the boundaries of what tipsy people are prepared to deal with from a near stranger. Unobtrusive? Yeah, that ship has sailed. I've just planted an off-putting image in their minds without their permission. And it certainly isn't funny. A woman nursing a piglet, and with the same breath she used to feed her own child. This is something people don't enjoy hearing right away, and it won't be something they giggle about tomorrow in morning traffic. As an awkward pause settles in, my listeners chase the last of the peanut fragments around their tiny styrofoam plates, and some risk a glance at me and at each other. They're half wishing I would just change the damn subject, and half wishing I'd swoop in and relieve them with an explanation, or maybe some deep insight I'm still holding back. The problem is I'm not. I'm still not sure why I want to tell this story. Perhaps I'm looking for the same thing they are. Relief. Help to digest this misshapen piece of my grandmother's life. I know, though, that I'm not going to get any help. Not here, anyway. I take another sip of wine and say something casual and ironic about how Crazy families are, ha-ha. And with a new tone, ask one of the others, how's the house hunting going? Everyone is visibly relieved. And as What's-Her-Name begins to gush about double vanities and closet space, I turn on my auto-nod, zone out, and think back through my grandmother's history and her character. I check off the pieces of her past, which reason says should have prevented such a confusing and embarrassing slip in propriety. Yes, she was born a few years before the Great Depression. Yes, she was a migrant farmer. Yes, she picked cotton until her hands blistered and her eyes burned from sweat. And at the end of the day, she gave her earnings to an abusive and cruel husband so that he could get drunk while she made a meal for herself and six children out of a cup of flour and a spoon of lard. Yes, that same husband would turn mean some nights and would hurt her or the children in ways that were never spoken aloud. Yes, she survived all that and a world which was no good to her for 98 years this fall. In many ways, my grandmother embodies everything I hope to never be. Her memory of marriage is marked by bitterness because she saw only an ugly, tiresome picture of love for most of it. And yet my grandfather's slow and weary death from liver and heart problems gave her more work and pain than freedom. Even after he was gone, she was left with so little money and so little understanding of choice that all the adventures in living she had after his death came because my mother or my uncles insisted. I remember not long after my grandfather died, we took her on a trip to the Bahamas with us. 
My mom got so frustrated with her because she couldn't even order off a menu for herself. She insisted that someone else tell her what she wanted. Now, in the most luxurious nursing home in the fanciest part of Austin, she is old. Her face goes dark in thought when she's sitting alone in her room, and I wonder if she's thinking of the four children she's buried. She is trapped in a body that won't walk for her anymore, or hear, or heal. After so many small surgeries to remove patches of skin cancer from her nose and cheeks, she has started to look like a different woman. Her skin is weathered and blotched, though she's rarely in the sun anymore, and her fingers shake and struggle to open Christmas cards. She tires easily, though she rarely does more than ask to be wheeled into the common area for television or dinner. She is a tired and hurt relic of a closed chapter in history, loved but bruised, put away for her own protection, to wait. It is difficult to reconcile this picture, this humble sketch of a hard life lived long, with the caricature of a poor southern mother nursing a piglet. What untoward spirit possessed her? Was this display of radical impropriety and exercise in choice, an otherwise unknown luxury for Granny? A show of protest, perhaps, choosing to nurse a barn animal alongside her fifth child? Sure seems like a statement. Was she saying something about the double helping of burden that she'd been served? Or was this about compassion? Was she using the only resource that was uniquely hers to show mercy on a discarded and helpless creature? Here was a beast, orphaned with thought for nothing but profit, which she could save if she wanted to. Perhaps no one could stop her from sharing what was hers alone to give. Perhaps that's why she stooped to show grace to another being like herself, whom God and man had given up. Or perhaps it was just one more sacrifice on the list no one was keeping. A sacrifice of her pride in the name of love for her family. After all, it just needed to be kept alive and healthy until it was big enough to eat on its own. Once grown, they could sell it too, like they'd done with the sow. Maybe in that scrawny piglet, she saw the chance for a few more dollars, for Ron's school shoes, or for some fabric to make Linda a new dress. Whatever her reasons, it didn't cost any money or groceries, so her practicality and her husband couldn't justly forbid it. It cost only humiliation and some for her children. I'll never forget my mother hiding her scarlet face and her hands the minute Ike's name was mentioned that day in the nursing home. Fortunately for Granny, she has arrived at a time and a place where it's only a borderline social faux pas to shit on yourself at bingo. <laughs> but the rest of us live in a different world, and this is not a story my mother or her siblings ever told at family dinners or reunions. Like them, I've decided that this piece of my grandmother is something best kept to myself at ugly Christmas sweater parties and casual conversations with acquaintances. They're not interested in probing the choices or lack of choices that led her to cradle that piglet in her arms. It's too uncomfortable to think about her gazing into its sleepy eyes and not know what she was thinking or remembering or perhaps trying to convey to those around her in this act. So I'll keep it and turn it over and over in my coat pocket 
until some part of it wears smooth enough to understand. Thank you. Go spread the word, they're funny, smart, and so absurd. Happens every month, it's the neatest storytelling.